I have uh, so many favorite parts of what happened up there. One of the most fitting was the line where they said, and it was very noisy. And I want to recognize that uh, during this short little message that I give, uh, the noise may continue. Um, that doesn't bother me. We have five children at home. Um, I actually have to sleep with a noise maker. If I don't, if it's completely silent, I cannot, I, I cannot sleep. So um, if you hear noise, just know that it's not bothering me. Um, and I, I hope it doesn't bother you. Um, I want to I thank you again for coming here. And, and I do want to say that um, when I kind of thought about this short little message here, I thought about both you adults, but also kids, you too. Uh, I want you to know that this message this morning, it is for every single person in this room, whether you're uh, a young kiddo, um, or maybe you have great, great grand kiddos here. Th this message is for you. It's actually about you. Now, the story that was just read here was the story of the wise men. Now, I want to kind of take a moment and just think about the story of the wise men for a moment. And frankly, think about how, how strange of a story this really is. Th think about this for a moment. First, let's just recognize that these wise men are extremely obscure. So obscure, we don't even know what to call them. So sometimes they're wise men. When you're doing a play with kids involved, they're magi. Um, so, and, and then a song we sing, they are kings. We've identified that there are three of them, not because that's what the story tells us, but because there are these three gifts involved. The reality is there was probably far more magi, wise men, kings, whatever we want to call them, probably actually far more than three of them. But who were these men? And, and why, why are they in this story? The reality is these men, these wise men, these magi, they were actually astrologers. That, that's what they were. Um, they would have actually worked for a king. Um, they, worked, they had a government job of sorts. And, and here, here's what their role was. When a king needed to make a very important decision, he would call in the wise men. And he would say, guys, I've got this really important decision to make. Will you, will you, I don't know exactly what to do. Will you help? And so here's what these magi would do. Here's what the wise men would do. They would go look up in the sky. They would look at the stars. They would look at the heavens and try and make sense of what how the stars in the sky might tell them about what they should do on earth. Kind of strange when you think about it, right? Here's something that needs to be noted. These magi, these wise men, they probably didn't believe in God. They probably believed in different kinds of gods. These were pagan men. And yet, here's what happens in the story. They see a star, and for reasons not given to us, they realize that somehow this star is connected to the birth of a king. 
the king of Israel, the, the king of the Jews. And so they, they start walking. And guys, this was not a day's journey. This was several hundred miles away. This would have taken months upon months upon months to make this journey. And they're not even sure quite where they're going. They just see a star and yet they begin walking. Strange story, right? This is probably my favorite story in all of the nativity scene. Mainly because of this. I think the reason why this story is in the Bible is because it paints this very incredible picture of the lengths God goes to draw people to himself. To draw people to know him and to be known by him. It also shows the incredible creativity of God when it comes to drawing people to him, to know him, and to be known by him. Okay, I can't help but just share a little story. It wasn't in my notes, but it, it made me just think, oh, that is really creative of how God draw maybe this person to know him and be known by him. I'm sitting down with a pastor uh, on Thursday. He's a pastor down the street from here. We were supposed to have a meeting in the morning. He said, can we meet in the afternoon? I said, no problem. And so we get together and meet. He said, and so when we met together, he said, you're not going to believe why I had to postpone this meeting. Uh, A few days ago, someone came and stole our whole nativity set. And um, the whole thing in front of the church and uh, apparently those things are not cheap, or at least the ones that they had. It was fairly expensive, and, and so they thought, well, it's, it's, I suppose it's no big deal, even though they stole the Magi and baby Jesus and all. And so the, the pastor said, well, uh, maybe we should, told his, um, the, the secretary there said, hey, maybe we should file a, um, a police report, you know, just in case it turns up or something. So they file this police report, Um, And the next day they get a phone call, and and the story's maybe a little bit longer, I'm shortening it, but uh, long story short, they found the guy. They found the guy who had driven up and taken all of the whole manger scene and all, put it in his vehicle. It was a company vehicle. Um, There was cameras involved. There's cameras everywhere. And they go go home. And they found the guy. My first question, I know you're asking it. My wife was asking it too. Was the manger scene out front on this guy's lawn? And no, it wasn't. I know, oh, right? But here's where I chuckled. And maybe it's because I was thinking about this message all week long. And I'm thinking about things really through the filter of this message. But what happened was they found, you know, they found this. The police go. They get the whole major scene. He couldn't, the pastor couldn't meet me because he had to meet the police officer to get his major scene back. And the police officer, one of the questions he asked the pastor was, do you want to press charges? And he said, absolutely not. Um, In fact, can I get this guy's number? And the police officer obviously was like, oh, going to handle this the old school way, are we? Uh, Right? And the police officer, very hesitant, um, and said, well, why? He said, well, he was in the company vehicle. His boss found out about it. He's 
probably lost a job, right? And apparently he had, he had kids, and, and he said, I, I would love for our church to see how we can help this gentleman. He, he, made, he made a foolish decision, but man, we, we want to help him. And so he, he had made the phone call that morning and, and didn't get in touch directly with him, got in touch with his brother, and, and the brother's like, what, what? Why, why do you want to talk to, he, he stole this from you, and he said, we just want to know how we can help. And here's, maybe you're not thinking this, but here's what I thought in my mind. Here you have a man who steals a manger scene, gets caught, and at the end of it, has a pastor calling him saying, we want to help you. Is there a need we can meet? Can we buy gifts for your kids? Our church wants to surround you. Here I am thinking, here God, in the most creative way, is drawing a man who stole, I don't know where he's at with Jesus, actions might point a picture where he might be at, but here is God using a stolen manger scene to draw a guy to him. That's exactly what's going on in this story. God puts a star in the sky. We have no idea what's going on with this star. Here's what we do know. God is trying to draw a group of men who do not know him to himself. To know him and to be known by him. Would you just think for a moment, and kids, you think about this too. How has God tried to draw your heart to Him? In your life, how many times has God tried to draw your heart to Him? To know Him. To be known by Him. Sometimes He does this through people like a friend or, or family or co-workers. Sometimes He does this, God draws our heart through circumstances like stealing a manger scene, or on a more serious note, sometimes God uses circumstances like hardship and trials and sickness where your eyes are opened and you go, wow, this life is really short. I need, I need God. And, and listen to this. This is not a setup. Sometimes he uses moments just like these where you come to a church and... The topic is about how God wants to draw you to himself. And, and maybe, maybe he's doing it right here, right now. And in this story, and in the story of the Bible, the way that God draws people to himself, the way that God tries to draw you and I to him, is through his son, Jesus. And in fact, you see it, it's in his name. You are to call him Emmanuel, which means, everybody say it, This is the way that God draws people to himself, through Jesus. Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God coming down to us. Jesus is God showing us that he wants to know us and to be known by us. And I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you to think about how much you mean to God. Because that's one of the reasons why Jesus came. 
One of the important reasons why Jesus came is to show you and I how much God actually cares about you. And, and here's, what, here's what Jesus does. Jesus comes down to be God with us, and then he goes and he lays down his life on the cross to forgive us of our sins. Jesus dies for us. Kids, did you know that? That Jesus came and he died for us to show you how much you matter. How much do you matter to God? Enough for him to die even for you. And so Jesus comes, he is God with us. He has come to draw us to know him and to be known by him. What, what, what does that even mean? To know God and to be known by him? Well, first, it implies relationship. It's one thing for you to know someone, but it's a whole other thing to be known by someone. To, to be known implies relationship. And that's what God wants. Did you know that? God wants a relationship with every single one of you. And the meaning of Jesus' name, this is it. It is God with us. Jesus came to be known so that we might know him and be known by him. That's what his name means. God with us. And so, that's the invitation of Jesus. The invitation of Jesus is that he wants to know you. And he wants to be known by you. And the way that we do that is by trusting in him as our savior. And so, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to just think about, I want to paint a picture of this for a moment. So kids, you're really going to want to play this game. So I want you to imagine... A Christmas tree. Maybe it's your Christmas tree if you've got a Christmas tree at, at home. I want you to think of this. Maybe your eyes are closed and you're thinking, you got your Christmas tree at home and there's all of these gifts underneath it. And you get to the last gift and there is a gift underneath the tree. It is perfectly wrapped. It is the perfect size. It is the perfect weight. And your name, your own name, is perfectly written on it. And you put it in your hands. And you have this gift in your hands, and it's got your name. You're not clear who it came from. And you see that it says it's from God. Do you open it, or do you not? I think in... Yes, the kiddo says, open the gift. Oh, he wants the door open. Or open the gift. That was from the Lord, guys. Are you kidding me right now? You want evidence that God is real? Wow, drop the mic, we're out of here. But in all seriousness, I, trusting in Jesus is a lot like that. The gift of salvation that God has for you in Jesus, it's a lot like that. It's a free gift, it's from God. It's got your name written on it, but we can either open it or we, we can choose not to. I opened that gift years and years ago, and there's a reason I don't put it off or throw it away. To have Jesus is to have God with you. Can you just, 
That's incredible. I've just found that it is far better to live my life having God with me than God not being with me. To have God with me through the hard seasons of life, but to also have God with me in the everyday stuff of life. To have God with me when my kids test my patience. It's better to have God with you in those moments than not. To have God with you in the midst of your marriage when things aren't necessarily easy. I've just found it's easier, it's better, it's greater to have God with you in those moments than not. And I could go on and on listing the different the different circumstances you and I will find ourselves with, where it's so much better to have God with you, but you got to open up that gift. And inside that gift is Jesus. Jesus came and He died on the cross to forgive you of all of your sins. The sin that, that often makes us forget God. Jesus came and died for your sins. And Jesus also came to be with you. He wants to be with you. But will you receive that? I'm going to pray for us, and I'm particularly going to pray for the people in here where God is, God is, God is drawing your heart to Him. He God has drawn your heart to Him. And I, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. And I'm going to have uh, Hillary come. And, and I just want it to be a moment of reflection. But would, I just want to encourage you to bow your heads for a moment. And, and I want this to be a moment, not between you and I, but between you and the God of the universe, the God who sent His Son Jesus to die for you. I want it to be a moment between you and Him. And I want to just talk to two groups of people in here. There are those in here who you believe in God. Maybe you've trusted in Jesus as your Savior, but you, you came in here feeling far from God. I just want to give you an opportunity to just say to God, God, I, I need this gift again. And just to talk with Him and tell Him your need for Him. And the great thing about God is, no matter what your excuse is, God always says, I love you. I sent my son Jesus to die for you. That's how much I love you. I always forgive you. So would you just, those of you who feel far from God, would you just talk with Him? And then there's another group of you in here, you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior. You're still figuring out what that even means. I want to give you an opportunity to do just that. This is between you and the Lord and not you and me. I just want you to, and kids, this is, this is for you too, kids. If you have never trusted in Jesus, I want to encourage you to do the same. You can just simply talk with God and say, God, I know that I need you, and I know that the only way to you is through Jesus. And so today, I want to trust in Jesus as my Savior. I want to accept him into my life.
I'm going to give you guys a moment just to reflect on that. And then we'll finish out our time singing. And again, I, I do want to encourage you. We're going to have a prayer team after the service outside of these doors. Um, I'm going to put myself out there too. If you made a decision for Jesus today, I'd love to talk with you. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable talking with me, I, I think talk with the person that invited you here. They would love to talk with you too. But let's just take a moment and reflect on this fact. Jesus came to be God with us.